show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you do not have to. My name is Ross Blotcher. And my name is Carrie Poppy. And we are here with an updates and corrections episode. Yeah. We thought it would be a good time just to look back. Uh, Happy 2018, everybody, by the way. welcome, welcome. Just thought we'd take this opportunity to look at some of our previous episodes and give you a few updates on things that we mentioned we might come back with. Also, some corrections here and there. We're in the podcasting business. We saunter into all these different investigations. And our premise is we give you our take as people who just show up and what happens when you come off the street with a general layman's knowledge or lay woman's knowledge. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But not a clergy's knowledge. Occasionally, we get things wrong. And you guys email us. We appreciate that. We do our best to read everything. We're constantly communicating about all the messages we get. And unfortunately, I think it's just a matter of there not being enough hours in the day mm-hmm. to really do it all. And it is kind of a zero-sum thing where the time you spend reading messages and responding to them. You will not spend doing the other things you need to do. Exactly. Like investigating future episodes. But oftentimes we want to come back and revisit issues and we don't get to and we get wrapped up in the next thing we're doing. So we thought this would be a good chance just to go back and add a little bit of extra insight. And let me just say, this won't be complete. You might be sitting there thinking, oh, thank goodness, they're finally going to talk about that one thing on that one episode that really drove me nuts. We may not. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, that's okay. We're trying our best. We're learning as much as we can as we go. We're just going to hit some of the highlights, both of updates and of the things that maybe we heard from you guys a lot about, or, you know, we just learned something extra after the episode was released. But also remember, we go into these things intentionally, not as experts. And we learn a lot in our investigations. Sometimes we present things that we've heard. And we'll hear back from people saying, oh, well, they got it wrong on Mm -hmm. their end. And that's not how a real Reiki practitioner does things. Right. It's double-edged because, okay, maybe that's true. But here's the one that we got when we went looking for this. Right. And the average person goes and flips open a Yellow Pages. Okay, let's be real. They Google it. And they pick the first one they run across. They don't have the information you have. Yeah, or they'll run across the same people that we did. So then that might be an issue with Reiki practitioners or, or whatever the topic is. So that's one we get a lot. And then also, yeah, sometimes we insert our own general knowledge and sometimes we get things wrong, obviously, as anybody would. So we are interested in, in getting things right. And, w- and we don't always get enough time to communicate that right information. Uh, but a lot of this episode will just be updates. What happened years after this stuff was completed? So- yeah. Did this kill Ross or did this poison carry? <laughs> exactly. On that note, let's talk about episode one. I don't think we'll necessarily do this all in order, but let's start with Kabbalah. We certainly won't hit every episode. But yeah, Kabbalah, this was the very first thing we did. This was 2011, Ross, seven years ago. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, it really will be. Seven years. You know, it's funny to look back on this episode because a couple things happened in this episode that have stayed with us for seven years. One is that we discovered that I love hot drinks. Uh huh. This would be something we would talk about for the rest of the life of our show. Yes, and officially became a rating category. Right. Somewhere in, in the line of duty. 
And then also the goat sperm joke came out of this episode. Yes. Now, every once in a while, we get a question. What the heck is going on with this goat sperm joke that you pretend is new in every single episode? So it's something I just said offhandedly when we were recording the first one, and we yep. thought it was just real stupid. And it got a reaction. And yeah, why not keep it going? From our few friends who were listening at the time. Right, at the time. I remember getting 50 downloads one day and being like, oh my God, that's gotta <laughs> be more people than I know. <laughs> yeah, we found various milestones along the way in terms of people that we knew or went to high school with or whatever. Yeah. And this was also an episode that we recorded at the Center for Inquiry in Los Angeles. And then also at my best friend Claire's house for pickups. And we recorded these with our friend Ian, Mm -hmm. who's still with us after all these years. And this was the one episode that he was there to manage all the equipment. And then he up (laughs) and moved moved to to Washington Washington State. Yeah. Goodness. But he's still been working with us ever since. (laughs) We called that episode, Do You Know the Sun is Green? Did You Know the Sun is Green? And we remarked while we were talking about this that plants are green and we thought oh, okay well that's something because that's a non-controversial statement the, the the peak of the sun's energy is in that green portion of the spectrum in the you know roughly 400 to 700 nanometers wavelength that we see as visual Ross light is nodding at me like these are the thoughts i had but i was just like sure the thing that we said was that's why they're green because they're absorbing all this green light obviously that doesn't make sense because if we're seeing the plants as green, that means they are not absorbing that green light. So their peak absorbency is kind of on either side of that green where the most energy is in the visual spectrum, and they're missing out on that energy. So it's actually the opposite, and it's kind of a historical evolutionary accident that plants, chlorophyll, I should say, does not absorb the green light because it's what makes plants green. And there are various theories about this, that in the early evolutionary environment, that they were maybe being outcompeted for that green light, or maybe it was just too much energy. But either way, plants use the light that they do get very efficiently. So don't worry about plants. I know you've all been worrying for seven years. This is the big <laughs> so thing. glad we Stick could it on your finally resolve this. <laughs> okay, moving on to Mormons. <laughs> that was it from Kabbalah. Don't you think? Nothing about Kabbalism. Yeah, I just think it's funny <laughs> that it was this incidental conversation. We have nothing else to tell you about Kabbalah. I'm sure it's all fine. Okay, so then on to Mormons, one of our favorite investigations. Oh, absolutely. To this day, we'll get interviewed and people ask us, what is your favorite thing you've done? And that's always in the top three or four we mentioned. As we've said many times, it's because they matched our enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And we're just super nice. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. us. They were just super nice. <laughs> yeah, which is what I heard <laughs> we at just first. like, really nice. I'm yeah. really handsome. I was just thinking that. <laughs> By the way, this will be full of a lot of callbacks. So if this is the first time that you joined us, this is a very yeah. bad episode. To yeah. Why are you Go listening back. to this show? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what has happened with the Mormons? Everybody always wants to know what happened to our elders. Mm-hmm. And we've kept in semi-contact with mm-hmm. some of them. Yeah. I know our very good-looking, not elder, well, everybody's technically an elder, but... Yes. Uh, the one know. who was 18 during the story, Elder Johnson. Oh, no. I was thinking oh. of the good-looking guy with the, the, the dancing oh. guy. Oh, we called him Addison or something. No, Anderson. I can say that Anderson, our very good-looking... We're trying to remember our pseudonyms here <laughs> for these people. Our very good-looking Mormon older elder... Right. Elder, elder. He wasn't even, was he an elder? Well, technically, you're an elder within the church if you're a male over a certain age. Oh, okay. I thought those were specifically people on their missions. He had messaged me afterwards, and it seemed like he was still cool with us. 
We didn't know how much of the show he'd listen to, but he and I were going to go shopping together at Hollywood Suit Outlet. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah, and so I'd had that in the back of my head for years, like, oh, I need to buy some new suits, but I got to <laughs> wait to buy it with oh. Anderson. And so I texted him back a couple times, and finally he wasn't responding. So I think uh, I realized, okay, he's done with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been unfriend-zoned. Unfriended. But we did connect on Facebook with two of the elders. Yeah, so I'm friends with Elder Johnson. And I'm uh, friends with Elder Goodson. Now, Elder Johnson was the one who was 18 during his mission. Uh, you may recall I had a bit of a crush on him. He seems like he's doing well. His hair has grown out a lot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That doesn't seem very Mormon. I know. It's looking good. Excellent. And Elder Goodson is looking good. He married a beautiful young blonde lady. Ah, how nice. And they live in Idaho. Idaho. So every now and then I'll see little updates and looks like he's happy and at peace, which I know was his main goal there. So mission accomplished. I did have a conversation with Elder Johnson on Facebook where... I told him he has some fans out there. He, you know, people have listened to the show and are mm-hmm. curious about how he's doing. And he was like, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. What a what a weird thing. <laughs> but he said he's doing great. So it looks like he is. Okay. I stopped going to Circle Ball not because I didn't want to go anymore, but because the elder who had been coordinating that had gone to Hawaii for his mission. Ah. And so the games just dried up. But I stayed on the Elders Quorum email for many years. I haven't seen any messages from them in the last few months. And I, I wonder if the email list went away or if they removed me or what. But a few months back, it wasn't that long ago, there was an invitation to help a family move. And so I showed up for that and helped them move for a few hours and met the new bishop at the church because, boy, people change all the time. Mm-hmm. There's reassignments. And so met the new bishop, really nice guy. And I, I told him, oh, it's kind of complicated because he wanted to know where I was at. And I said, you know, I'm not an active Mormon or anything, but I'm still on the email newsletter. And he said, well, you're an active Mormon because you're here helping us move. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. So I enjoyed that like, interaction. No, no, no. Let me explain. I host a <laughs> podcast. You didn't do that? No. Yeah, good call. So listen, let's talk about B.F. Skinner. Oh, yes. Okay. I can't even remember. What episode was that that I we brought up B.F. Skinner? I think this must have been during our personality testing. It feels like maybe it would have been even earlier than that. Maybe. Been around for a while. But good old B.F. Skinner. Oh, boy. Okay. Famous psychologist. Yes, yes. He and was researcher. a behaviorist. So listen, apparently my psychology professor gave me some bad information <laughs> and it really pissed people off. So I said that he was kind of known for being a jerk and that he had raised his daughter without proper exposure to the outside world. And some people called it a cage. And yeah. I mean, this is what I heard from my psychology professor and never thought to double check it. Obviously should have because we Turns got out. angry BF Skinner defenders emailing us. One person who said she would never listen to the show again. We so miss her. So deep was her commitment to BF Skinner. We miss her greatly. I'm so sorry <laughs> to the dead spirit of BF Skinner. So BF Skinner, good guy as far as Onrack is concerned. Oh, well, I don't know. But I don't no, know. I'm he, not going to go that at far. At this point, he's earned a clean bill <laughs> and a full pardon. All my friends who are involved in like fighting for animal rights and psychology are screaming no at their ah, okay. uh, radios okay. right now. All right. But, but he didn't do he that. He didn't do the thing we accused him of and we apologize to his spirit amen fair enough one small update about the six we investigated them very briefly we went to one service in north hollywood 
had a great time, lots of good food. We didn't understand exactly what was going on because most of it was in Punjabi. But one thing we learned is that Sikhs prefer the pronunciation Sikh Sikh, rather than Sikh. Understandably, I can see sometimes why you just want to say Sikh to have it not sound like you're referring to sick people uh-huh. who um, have who have an illness. Right. <laughs> but we also got a great tour of a different Gurdwara. Yeah. From a really sweet guy named Manpreet. He happened to be in the area, and we went with him to the Los Feliz area, Sikh Gurdwara, and it was excellent. And he pointed out a lot of the things that we had observed, and he said, oh, yeah, this thing that you were calling this, here's the history of it. It was great. It was really fun, and everyone was super warm and welcoming. and um, More great food. That was really, really cool. I had a buddy who lived right across the street from there, too. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory. This definitely came up in our personality test episode. So we talked about the Myers-Briggs, and we mentioned personality typing. And there were a lot of tests to remember, and I think some we just sort of like offhandedly were like, oh, and then there's this. I'm not sure if that's real. When you have your Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, And I think the deal is that early on, it wasn't that reliable of a test, Ah. but they did a major update and it's now kind of the standard. Okay. And so that's one that we'd kind of written off in the episode and said, nah, MMPI, whatevs, but it's actually like a much better metric. old info. Yeah. And then a lot of people have come to us and, well, immediately came to us and told us that the Myers-Briggs test is useless. It's Worse than astrology, right? which I think is measurably false. Yeah, I think that's an overstatement. But it is not a really good test for a lot of important things. And I think we were pretty clear about that. Yeah, I think we were saying this is mostly for fun interpersonal things, not for hiring decisions, not for making relationship choices or anything like that. Yeah, and it might not even be totally accurate for the former. It's just clusters of personality characteristics that... You may gain some understanding into and you may not. And we had looked into people on both sides that we were going to do follow-up interviews with, and they both just kind of fell through. So we didn't get to revisit that topic. But we hope to, in the future, do more with personality tests and maybe uh, get some more information out there. But let it be known that there's a lot of pseudoscience kind of wrapped up with the Myers-Briggs. So buyer beware. And the Minnesota multiphasic personality inventory is A-OK. We're big fans. (laughs) until 40 of you email us now and tell us, no, no, it is bad. We had a lot of people quit the show over us being a little too nice to the Myers-Briggs personality inventory. Yeah, you know, when we're doing the show, probably nine times out of 10, it's something that you don't know a ton about Mm -hmm. and you're kind of following along and hearing about it for the first time just like we were. You might, that one out of 10 times, hit something that you know a ton about and we don't. Right. And that's okay. We're not experts at these things. But, you know, keep that in the back of your mind as you're listening to that one out of 10 that we walked into your home, you yes. know, and we're trying to figure it out there. But also, if you do reach out to us and you want to tell us we got something wrong, we're game to hear it. But, you know, be cool about it, guys. Yeah. Most people are totally cool about yeah. it. Yeah. But, you know, I'll be frank. The emails that call us horrible people or whatever it is, it gets to you. That's yeah, tough it really to read. Does. You know, you remember that one out of 200 emails yeah. more than the other. So I would say when correcting anybody, always do it with the assumption that they want to learn and with your own intent being to help them get better. Especially if you're contacting them directly. Oh, it's, yeah. It's one thing if like, if you write something shitty about me on Twitter, but I have either chosen to search my own name or not. 
It's another if you like at me on Twitter, right? Because you're mm-hmm. saying I'm engaging you in this conversation and yelling at you. That right. feels a lot different to me. And you're probably safe in assuming good intentions on our part. Mm-hmm. We generally like most people. It's, it's really only the scam artists and people taking advantage of others that we're out to get. And what you said, I totally agree with. You know, every now and then we're just going to stumble into somebody's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. If I listen to someone's podcast and they're talking about the platypus and they <laughs> or say- animation. Animation about the platypus? Yes. Imagine. Oh, boy. Yeah. And if they say that they have venom glands on their hind feet, I'm going to say, no, it's only the males. <laughs> you know. Please don't erase the female platypi. Thank you. <laughs> then I will uh, send my own angry email. Anyway, so <laughs> just, just a note on uh, submitting- corrections we appreciate them and also you never know who else has written us yes so you're writing us one email and that's fine but then we get 75 links to something and it's just it's, it's also worth just noting, hard to weed through it's also worth noting that for pretty much every investigation we get someone who loved it and someone who hated it writing in so there is someone kind of on the other side of the balance to yes you said so keeping everyone happy is a tough job almost every episode we get one or two people who say boy i've loved everything you've done but on this one this. thing you were a real jerk and I, <laughs> we don't know why you were so mean why has your tone shifted? And then probably someone else saying, you are way too easy on these people. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we try to strike our own balance, but it's ours. That's right. Anyway, back <laughs> to the list. Scientology. Oh, so we have followed up on Scientology. And we post a lot about this on Facebook because they'll still send me little invitations by mail. Mm-hmm. So I'll post those. But we gave you our whole story about going back. I saw that they invited you to something. Or you got like a letter in the mail saying, oh, come back. Yeah, it was from the Celebrity Center again. And they were trying to get me to take the course I'd already taken on work. Ah, The problem of work. Okay. Because they didn't get a response from me when they asked me about Dianetics. So like, oh, maybe this will interest you. Yeah. (laughs) You should ask them. Does this mean I'm welcome back? (laughs) Right. Yeah, so many mixed messages. Yeah, for real. Or it would be funny to be like, yeah, I have a lot of trouble like managing my time. See, what I do is I host this podcast. It's really hard to get everything in order. We did this whole series on Scientology and boy, it took a lot of time. (laughs) A lot of people have also just suggested that we take their envelope that's postage paid and stick weights in it Ah, yes. and mail it back to them so they have to pay for that. I've I've heard this trick before. Clever. Not my style. I think I did that a couple times to Peter Popoff. Oh, speaking of which, you've already heard from us an update on the Wealth Expo Mm -hmm. because we had a lot of ground to cover there and things that we hadn't fully understood. But one piece of feedback we got was that mailing letters to yourself for patent uses is not a good idea. Right. So the law changed somewhere around 1989, if I remember a listener's very helpful email. Yeah, somewhere around late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, so you can't really use it in court anymore to establish a patent. It's not going to pull much weight for you, except maybe minimally establishing that you had the idea. Yeah. So don't rely on that, either for copyright. I think it's a little more useful for copyright, but still it's not... Oh, it's right, not as a, opposed to a patent. Not a substitute for getting a copyright. I think it's still probably better than doing nothing. Sure. But back to Scientology, they finally blocked us on Twitter, Ross. Hey, aw. I know. It took a long time. Yeah? Yeah, it just happened like last week or the week before. I still get lots of updates from them on Facebook. And I always have to resist using the ha-ha face or the angry face or whatever. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, they'll just block me on Facebook. I want to see their updates. Now, what about Think? Remember our old buddy Think that we electrocuted John? Hodgman with? Yes. You know what? I still have my think. Oh, you've been thinking? 
maybe we should find some way to give this away to our listeners. Oh, okay. Want to make up a contest? Okay, what about the person who submits the best idea for a contest gets <laughs> the thing? <laughs> I was thinking it'd be fun to have some kind of artistic endeavor. Well, we did that once before with LRH. Oh, that's true. All right. So let's say we'll start a thread on Facebook and we want you to respond with your best either limerick or haiku, or if you're feeling ambitious, a sonnet. About why you deserve the think. Extra points for sonnets in iambic pentameter (laughs) on why you should get the think or why you think the think is... Thankfully, Thankfully, (laughs) helpful for humanity. I don't know. Anything think related. We'll pick our favorite or, you know, we'll look at the likes from others. But that won't necessarily determine. It'll come down to our. Yeah, we're not going to get any of this uh, Bodie McBoat face. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh, man, I love Bodie McBoat face. (laughs) That is the best thing ever. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. So we'll start a thread. Go on Facebook, submit your poetry there about Think, and whoever wins, we will contact and send them the My Think device. All right, which has been on Ross's sweaty head. Any other updates about Think? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) My Think went to that gentleman at a live show. I hope he's doing well. He got it. Yes. Okay, now, our investigation in Tijuana into cancer clinics, definitely one of our saddest episodes, most serious as well. I do have a little bit of an update in that area. So I talked with a cancer nurse who's keeping him or herself anonymous, and I did an interview with them that was published in Skeptical Inquirer about the different patients they've had who gave up real treatment in order to go down south of the border and get this pseudoscience treatment. Yeah, It was a really telling, interesting interview, and I would recommend picking up Skeptical Inquirer if you're interested in it. A couple things from that episode. One of my friends had written me back. I think I had used the phrase cancer victim at Mm. some point, Mm -hmm. and she had corrected me on that and said, you know, maybe cancer survivor or... And I'd read elsewhere after that and people didn't like that phrase either so Mm. i I think that's probably because you may continue to live with cancer even if it's in remission right and it's really hard with cancer to say exactly when it's over in some cases sometimes you do have total remission but sometimes it's a question mark similarly i know people don't necessarily like the term sufferer i think the more preferred is just to say person with cancer or person getting cancer treatment. So that's the recommendation there is to just be careful with those words. And I found out after we did our episodes, someone contacted me that one of my friends from high school had stage four breast cancer and had gone through mainstream medicine and had gotten to a point where there was nothing they could really do for her. Mm. She had actually gone to one of the clinics that we mentioned, Hope for Cancer. Oh, gosh. And so she... Gives regular updates. She's still alive. Oh, she is? Okay. Yeah. And just such a wonderful, sweet person. Couldn't have happened to a less deserving person. Does she credit the clinic with having extended her life? Well, I would easily say yes. She's very much a big fan of them and has raised lots of money to give to them. So anyways, it's tough to look at those updates because she's gone through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering and personal loss. So anyways, I always think of her and for someone in that situation, I would never, ever go to her and say, get away from them. What are you doing? You're wrong because she kind of tried everything else. Yeah. It's such a tough situation. This is one of the things that I would completely turn to this cancer nurse and ask what to do if I were in that situation. He gives some good advice about how to sort of 
walk that fine line between sharing important information with this person and not being a jerk about it. Yeah. Especially since it's truly possible that this could be one of your last several interactions with this person. So. Yeah. In this case, I'm not close enough to her yeah, to have any interaction right, about this. I right. would just be the jerk from high school who comes in to... And says, uh, yeah, you're wrong, and I just wanted to make sure you knew before I might not get to talk to you again. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, little sad update there. Um, a sad topic. Similarly, a friend of mine... Her uncle also went down to that area to get cancer treatment. Hmm. Not sure which clinic, but he did pass away. Okay. But let's turn it around. Do we have anything happy to talk about? On to lighter topics. Yes. So laughter yoga. Hey, one of our happiest investigations. Still one of my favorite things. And when people ask me, well, what things have you guys tried that surprised you that they actually had something to them? Mm -hmm. One of the first things that comes to mind for me is laughter Laughter yoga. yoga. Oh, man. Easy. (laughs) Laughing just thinking about it. It's so fun. It's fun. It actually has a physiological effect. Like so many of these things, they overshoot what they think it's good for sometimes. Sure. But it definitely works for cheering you the fuck up. Yeah. We still recommend laughter yoga. And we did a couple follow-ups with our listeners. One we mentioned on the show, one we did on Facebook and got people to join us. So we may have to do that again in the future. So you're talking about the call-in. Yeah, where we had listeners call in with us to join a laughter yoga. Because they have some hotline session. Look up their hotline, you guys. Join in the fun. The first two minutes, you'll probably be like what is this i'm not into this minute three you guys minute three you are into it it's good to bring friends with you to call in with you yeah it was really funny when we did the group call because you have such a distinct low resonant voice and so (laughs) when you would laugh it would set off titters of you know like 40 people who had been silent but then heard you my co-worker listened to this and she only heard me in my office and so she came afterwards going that was so bizarre you, you were fake laughing for like 15 minutes was, yeah yeah it's a long story it's a thing it's a whole thing okay back into sad things tony alamo tony alamo so you may that was our scariest investigation whenever people ask Mm -hmm. when did you feel the most worried about your own safety tony Tony alamo still the case so tony alamo christian ministries you may recall was a group that was led by a man who was in prison for taking children across state lines in order to have sex with them this is one of the groups we've looked into i have no reservations calling a cult a cult yeah his youngest wife, I believe, was eight when he took her as a quote-unquote wife. Awful. Just terrible. Anyway, Tony Alamo, who had led the group from prison, is now dead. And, you know, we heard from people, you know, this sort of elated response because, of course, this was a bad dude. But one thing to keep in mind is that when a cult leader dies, it also makes it so that the people who have suffered at his or her hands don't get closure. Mm. They no longer mm-hmm. get to go and say, you jerk, that door is just closed. So this isn't necessarily happy for everybody. And that's just a weird situation. You never want to be happy at anybody's death, but I'm yeah. glad he can't hurt anybody else. I agree. Although he wrote prolifically, so who knows what his reach will be even, we <laughs> even still, today. We still get lots of people reaching out to us, showing us pictures of Tony Alamo flyers that they've received with those big, bold headlines. Yeah. So they're still in force. This hasn't ended Tony Alamo's reach or the Alamo Ministries reach. I would say the two things we get most consistently in the photo department is pictures of Tony Alamo pamphlets and pictures of Scientology buildings. So... One thing toward the end of our investigation that we had learned was that the church had been liable for a lot of money in these lawsuits. 
And so it looked like they were going to need to sell the property that we had visited to help pay this off. The one on Sierra Highway in Canyon Country. Yeah, and they were still there for a long time afterward. So you you looked into this. Yeah, so right now on their Yelp page, at least it says closed. It hadn't before, mm -hmm. so it did look like it was gone. So I called the number and I asked, can I still go to church? I saw that it was closed up in Canyon Country. And he said, oh yeah, that location is closed, but we are still having service every night in LA. Oh, He didn't have the address on hand, so he said a sister would call me back. Or I guess you could show up to Hollywood and Highland and you find somebody wait. there. I was there maybe a couple months ago and did see someone with a Tony Alamo shirt. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. cool. Now, did we ever talk about his Beatles connection? I don't think so. Okay, I just found this. Yeah, what is this? I don't um, know this. You know, Tony Alamo did so many things in his career before he turned to clergy. He would brag about all of his record deals, and I feel like he was embellishing some of these tales. Okay, well... If you go to alamoministries.com slash Beatles, you will find some things they felt necessary to put up on the internet that show that he was involved in Pete Best's early career. Oh, the fifth Beatle or one of the fifth Beatles, the he, first fifth Beatle. There's even like some affidavits from Pete Best's manager just basically saying, yep, Tony Alamo <laughs> was involved. I, David Lawrence Rolnick, do solemnly swear that the following statement is true. In the years between 1964 and 1965, I spoke to Mr. Tony Alamo from my office in New York City. What is this? It's literally like, we just want you to know he really did help Pete Best back in the day. We should do this as L. Ron Hubbard. I told Mr. Alamo <laughs> that I was involved in the career you know of Pete Best like of L. Ron... the Beatles. You know who sounds like L. Ron Hubbard? Who? Walt Disney. What? Yeah. I was listening to some Walt hmm. Disney videos and I was like, oh my God, he sounds like a But I wonder if that was also just like at the time people's- The cadence. People trying to narrate videos. Well, I remember I was reading a book that had a lot of memos from, you know, back in the 40s, uh -huh. 30s, 50s, various Disney instructions. And it was just a Disney history book. But as I was reading it, I thought, wow, this really does remind me of kind of that bravado- in L. Ron Hubbard's mm. voice and writing. <gasps> have you ever seen them in the same room? <laughs> I have. Oh. <laughs> well then. Anyways, it may have just been kind of a quirk of the time. This is how men are supposed to speak and sound. Anyway, back to the Beatles. There is also at the top of this page some clips from some songs that he had some part in. Okay. I don't know, man. Everyone just go look at this and you'll share my confusion. He just wanted to prove that he was something big had, in the music industry. He had something to do with it. And then kind of more sadly, if you scroll down two thirds of the way down the page, you have several emails from Pete Best that are just basically like, hey, Tony, good to hear from you. You know, they're releasing that book about me. I did ask whether you're mentioned in it. Looks like you're not mentioned in this one, but thanks <laughs> for asking. I'm sending you a copy. <laughs> You can just tell like all of this has been assiduously documented. Yeah. Just so you know, he was he was there, man. Yeah, but you can also tell that this is his old friend who's like, sure, Tony was a good guy back in the day. You know, I'll keep <laughs> in touch, but never made a before big his impact. wife died and he kept her corpse <laughs> right. for six months. <laughs> oh boy. So that is what is up there. Oh, speed reading. Oh, boy, Ross, tell us about speed reading. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, while, while we're on evangelism, 
So we took a speed reading course and the takeaway is you can't speed read through a book, you know, like just flip pages and come away knowing what happened. But you can read a book fast. So that wasn't my takeaway, but it really did inspire me. Like the various techniques that our instructor gave us for pacing yourself, measuring like your speed per page and kind of extrapolating here's how far I should get in 45 minutes and then committing yourself to 45 minutes. Really just generally, we cover all these techniques in the episode. So if you haven't heard it, I recommend it. But uh, it made me a better reader. And I found that the amount of reading I do directly correlates with my happiness in life. So Mm -hmm. I've cut out a lot of other things to make room for reading. That's great. And every year it's gotten more. So at the time when we took the class, my record for one year had been 18 books, at least as an adult to get through Uh that many books. That's a little low for you now. Right. And, And after the course, I went up to 29. And every year I've risen higher and higher. This year I completed 38 books. Congrats. A new record for me. Yeah. And my wife and I are both involved with the book club where you and I met yep. uh, so many years ago in its new location in L.A. By the way, if you're in L.A., feel free to join our book club. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we have it up on Facebook. I'm saying, yeah, like I'm there, but I'm not usually there. You Ross should, is there. You should join us. We read good books, Carrie. <laughs> Sorry. Now, do you ever read like political books? I really love like a political book. You know, I've never really told anybody this, but I'm not not the biggest fan of the political books. <laughs> I say that as I just started Fire and Fury. Oh, right. I'm enjoying well, it already. I do recommend Unbelievable by Katie Turr. I have read good political books. This is a running joke between <laughs> Carrie and I. Early in our friendship. Ross told me like five times he told me that he didn't like political books and forgot each time that he had told me and finally was like hey you know <laughs> you've told me you don't like political books so now, so now we, we, I make a point to tell her <laughs> that he as often like as I can books. yeah you can look us up Center for Inquiry Los Angeles Skeptics Book Club we read lots of good books oh and I listen to there. listen to Reading Glasses that is a great yes! podcast on, on Maximum, Maximum Fun. Fun Comedy and Culture oh but Ross Ross oh yes uh, Carrie is it uh, yes, it's me, Carrie Poppy, your mm-hmm. co-host. Yes. I am loving this. I am loving this thing that we are discussing. It is so interesting. Oh, man, I know. We are interesting people. Mm-hmm. We are great hosts. Okay. We are funny. We are attractive. We are beautiful human beings. I feel very affirmed. But there are other good people out there making good content. Oh, man. Yeah, like the other shows on Maximum Fun. Exactly. And I want to know more about them. Well, here's one. Podcasts. 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 <laughs> They're audio programs that tell smart stories in innovative ways using editing techniques like, like this. this. Like this. Like this. Yeah. But let's face it, all that smart stuff can be exhausting. That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes. Stop Podcasting Yourself. The stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes. Or MaximumFun.org. Speed reading hasn't impacted my life too much, except that it did just instill in my brain this concept that, okay, if I'm like having trouble trudging through a paragraph, just like speed through it. And mm-hmm. then if you miss something, you'll come back. Because my old way used to be like, okay, no, no, no. Gotta parse stop. this. And what does this say? What does this say? What does this say? There's a Scientology thing. Yeah, I gotta go look this up. Right, right. But instead, you can just be like, no, I'm going to kind of breeze through it and then figure out what I missed and go back. Yeah. And that tends to actually get me through it faster. And as we learned, sometimes that extra meaning that you were looking for was farther down in the paragraph. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay, now it makes sense. I can move on. And I often find I'll read something kind of quickly and I'll realize, oh, I didn't absorb any of that paragraph. But when I go back and read it a second time, having skimmed through it the first time did help me to absorb it better the second time right? Definitely. for whatever reason. Also, we've mentioned before on the show, we're both good readers. Yes. We, we're both avid readers, so you can see our reviews of books because a lot of people do write us and want to know, oh, what do you recommend? You can go there and see our ratings and what we've liked. On Goodreads. And I leave reviews for you to check out. Now, you know who else wrote a book? Our friend Firelight. Yes, he wrote a book hey. of poetry. You may remember our interview with Firelight, pagan podcaster. And we got to meet him in person. Yeah, that was great. When we were in Chicago for the Maximum Fun Very, Very Fun Day, we were in his stomping ground. So we got to meet with Firelight in person because we'd been talking to him for so many years. It's one of those friendships where you feel like you know somebody, right. but you've never actually seen them in person. So we finally did, and he bought us hot drinks. And he has a name that I don't think we can use. He doesn't connect with his public persona. So we'll just leave it at Firelight. But hey, Firelight. Hi, Firelight. Okay, now back in, I think, 2012, mm. we went to one of those pregnancy clinics that is actually a place that convinces you not to have an abortion. Yes, um, pro-life pregnancy clinic. Also called crisis pregnancy centers. They give you lots of bad information about pregnancy and fetal development. Can't believe you said fetus, Ross. We're never going to get funding now. Oh, shoot, from, from the <laughs> from Republican Congress. Congress. That's right. I actually wrote an article about pro-life pregnancy centers. I think it's called White Lies for Jesus. I wrote it so long ago. I don't remember. It is also in a skeptical inquirer. I see Ross is trying to Google it, but he's not going to be able to because it's in the paper version. Oh. Um, Unless you found it. Volume 35 of Free Inquiry. Oh, thank you. Okay. White Lies for Life. Crisis Pregnancy Centers in Los Angeles. Carrie Poppy. Yeah. So it's about all the crisis pregnancy centers in the LA area and how they're connected and where their funding comes from. A lot of good stuff we didn't get to cover in our episode. So check it out, man. Speaking of pregnancy, if I were pregnant, which I am not, mm -hmm. I would feed the baby through my breast. Segue. That was a great penis. segue. <laughs> penis and breast enlargement. Do we have updates for our penis and breast enlargement? I episodes? feel like my breasts are the same size they've always been. What about you? I, I was talking to my buddy Nick. This is not to avoid the uh, the question, but my my, <laughs> my friend Nick was saying recently that whenever he recommends our show to someone, which mm -hmm. he does because he's a great uh, friend and supporter, he tells them to listen to that one first. Oh, how funny! Yeah, he says it's his favorite. I don't oh, know, just because that's, that's weird. <laughs> 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 but hey, I, I hope it works. Uh, yes, my penis is back to normal, and I no longer wake up in cold sweats because I don't have any horrible devices attached to it. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, my boobs are the same. Hanging just fine. Yep. Thanks for your concern. <laughs> nobody, nobody asked. <laughs> okay, now around that same time, we put out an episode about animal psychics. Yes, and pet psychics. Yes. So you all know that I have my dog, Ella Poppy. She just turned 11. She's doing great. This was early enough. I did not yet have my cat, Evening. Oh, that's right. Who joined our home in 2013. So you asked some questions about your boss's dog. Right. Who it turns out I have a very strong spiritual connection with. I did get <laughs> to meet Nala eventually. Oh, good. And Nala has calmed down. Quite a bit and no longer actively eats everything in the house. Now has a fellow dog to live with her and they calm each other down a little bit. Oh, glad to hear it. Simba or no? 
No, no, that would make sense, but it was a different name and I can't remember it now. Oh, I have right. not met the other dog, but I have met Nala. So we did also talk about my other dog who later passed away. His name was Toomey. So they were very, very bad at predicting things about Toomey. And one of the things they got wrong was his sex. They guessed that he was female ah, and yes. he was like a really, I don't know, he's the kind of dog you look at and you guess he's a girl just because he like he had long hair that was kind of curly and I don't know. So people. you showed them a picture and they said, ah, getting a feminine energy. Right. And I didn't correct them. So they went on and guessed that he was a girl. This was like 2011 or 2012. So we called the episode The Case of the Transgendered Dog. Transgendered. Right. Which we learned is not a good way to use the phrase. So the preferred term is transgender. A very nice trans listener wrote in and let us know and said, hey, I don't have any problem with you making this joke, but it's probably best for you to say transgender if you're going to go there because that's the right term. So we made that correction and we didn't want to rewrite history completely and take the joke out. But we do want to say this isn't a joke we'd make today. Yeah. And there's a few others we could point to as well. But, yeah. Uh, you learn along the way. And uh, again, our intent is always good. Definitely apologize to anyone that that struck the wrong way. Now, Ross, how's your foot doing? Oh, yeah. So for our donors out there, you may have heard our firewalking episode, which is one of my favorites. I, I think that was really fun. And it had an unexpected, not supernatural or paranormal necessarily, but kind of spiritual angle to it. Anyway, it was great, except I walked over the coals way too many times. <laughs> Seven times. And it hurt really badly that night. But my right foot in particular just never, ever in the, it's been two years two now. Two years, I think, yeah. Has fully healed. It's always been in some stage of, you know, like boils or what do you call them? Blisters. That's what the word I'm looking for. Blis and constantly itching, right? Yeah. And so like it'll start to simmer down a little bit and you'll still see like scaly skin, but then all of a sudden it'll just burst up again and it'll itch so badly and I'll have to scratch it and then it'll open up and I'll have wounds. And yeah, my, my foot has been in a horrible situation ever since and it'll roller coaster up and down. I finally went to the doctor last year mm -hmm. and said, hey, what's the deal with this? And told her the history of it. And she said, oh, well, I mean, if you didn't tell me anything about the firewalking, I'd just say you got eczema. Oh, It's in all the places the blisters happen where my uh -huh. fire injury was initially seems like it's kicked off eczema which i've since found out other members of my family have so oh. I, I think it provided the initial irritation oh. that just kind of set off this nasty case of eczema on this one oh, no. this one foot look at what ross goes through for you guys <laughs> look what happened so i uh yeah i put ointment on it every day and try to yeah, for a long time i was just trying to keep it as dry as possible and mm -hmm. clean it thoroughly you know in case it was something that was bacterial or right. fungal uh, but no, that wasn't the issue. In fact, keeping it dry was a bad thing to do. Oh, man. So now I try to keep it moisturized. Oh, good. Yeah. So when you go firewalking, just do it once. once <laughs> That's good. what I did. <laughs> if this is all, you're, you're listening to this and you're like, firewalking, what? That's because you're not a Max Fun donor. This was a donors only episode. If you become a Max Fun donor, you, you can, can still go back it. and listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. Okay, uh, Melissa Scott. <laughs> We're looking at the same list together as things come up. Oh, boy. It's, it's fun to think of things in terms of when people ask us questions. If you ask me uh -huh. which investigation I found the most useful, I'll say speed reading. If mm -hmm. you ask us which group was the most vindictive and angry afterwards, Melissa, Melissa Scott. Melissa Scott, her followers. Faith Center. My God, these people. 
So, You've heard, you know, Jesus saved me from your followers. They <laughs> yeah, haven't Melissa met Scott Melissa Scott's saved followers. Saved me from your followers. Good grief. This is the kind of treatment that you would expect from Scientology. Scientology. Right. Totally. But I think they've been too busy with bigger fish to fry. Yeah, so they haven't made who are rossandcarry.com. But Melissa Scott's followers made this super mean Facebook group about us. And I'm using us loosely. It is mostly about me. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. They love to like say awful things about my looks. Actually, I would say half of it is about my looks. Really? Yeah. Oh, idiots. So <laughs> if, if you search in Facebook for Ono, Ross, and Carrie, you'll see Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the podcast. And then right under it, you'll see Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the podcast critical review. Yeah. And so this is where they complained about, you know, what terrible excuses for journalists we are. And then they lost steam after we stopped talking about Melissa Scott. Yeah. They, so it was just an odd coincidence that they started up then and then stopped shortly. <laughs> right. They clearly committed themselves. They were like, we're going to do this. We're going to be the voice that speaks back to Ross and Carrie. And for the next episode or two, they mm-hmm. kind of Yeah, they followed along with a few and things. Then they forgot about it. So let's see. I see... 27 members, two admins. We wonder if any of them are Melissa Scott herself. I really do. Because some of them don't really have any other provenance or interaction on Facebook. And I remember Drew kind of following the threads of the different people for a little bit. And he was like, I feel really confident that these two people are the same person toggling between accounts. There were times when I was just like, are you Melissa Scott? Is this just what you do with your day? Yeah, one had been very passive aggressive commenting on our Facebook page itself, Mm -hmm. but then took to posting on this group. One had an iron cross as a uh, picture of himself, not a good sign. Yeah, a little potential racism there. RNC took another shot at Pastor Scott. These two continue to post lies without evidence for their gullible flock. (laughs) Cool. Speaking of Melissa, I did recently stop by her YouTube page just to see what she's talking about right now. She had most recently had a very popular video getting angry about people not standing for the flag. And what was the take on that? You got to stand for the flag. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, she was just really Yeah, mad that about kneeling, it. it's always been a symbol of disrespect. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, goodness. They also have a website, truthaboutpastormelissascott.com. Rolls right off the tongue. And they wrote a couple articles about us and our mistakes and how terrible we are there as right. well. Great. So people send us that link every now and then. Like, hey, did you know this? We do know everybody. We do know. And I think with most of these things, the best way to handle it is to not engage. So don't feel like you need to go after them for us and say, okay. But, you know, if you're ever tempted, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So how about float tanks, Ross? Yes, float tanks. So we tried out one particular float tank purveyor in Los Angeles. And oh boy, that one is one of the episodes where we've had the most feedback where people say they didn't do it right. You need to oh, give right. isolation tanks another chance. And and we did want to follow up. We had another one we wanted to attend. So we do plan to revisit this one in the future. Yeah. The one that we tried to get to, there was just a lot of red tape to get there. But Drew and I went to another float experience in Pasadena. Mm. We got a gift card from Roger Nygaard, who we interviewed way back in the day. Oh, yeah. About his documentary, The Nature Nature of of Existence. Existence. Yeah. So Roger gave us this little gift to go and get two float sessions. And we went 
First of all, we went too early in the morning. We went at like 11 a.m. Yeah, you really should go a little later so you're at least a little like tired. You could take a break. This was like we woke up, we ate breakfast, we went and <laughs> chilled out. It's, okay. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. So I found myself pretty bored, but I did turn off all the lights and all the music because that's a lot of the feedback we got was like, no lights, no music. So they, I did that. They gave us a pod with fancy lights. You got to try the fancy gotta lights. look at them. But yeah, that was a common feedback. Yeah, I stayed in the darkness and stillness the entire time. It's a little creepier, a little funner, but I got bored. Did you? Bored! But I think that also came back to doing it too early. My mind was ready to go, ready to handle the day. And instead I was like, let's relax, even though we just slept for eight hours. And this time it wasn't uh, hurting your lady parts. Correct. Well, I remembered not to shave anything. (laughs) Yeah. Good call. Thank you. So we do hope to revisit that one again in the future, but good to have that update from you and Drew. Yes, thank you, thank you. So many updates, Carrie. Oh, I know. Ross, is it? I know. Well, we've been doing this for a long time. After all these years, you're still not sure. Yes, I'm Ross. <laughs> uh, that's our update. Your name is Ross. Uh-huh. So we are going to do a second update episode coming your way. Because there's just so much more to share. So much. But that's it for our show for now. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. And you can support this episode and all our future investigations at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. We can't tell you how much we appreciate. We literally can't tell you. We're not allowed to tell you. (laughs) That's not true. But we really do. So thank you to all of our donors. You can also support us by telling your friends. We love it when we see you telling other people, tagging us, pointing them our way. That's awesome. Also leave us positive reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get finer podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. Oh, you know what? Since this is an update episode, I just want to say, didn't we discover that it had always been removed, my explanation of the forward slash? Yes. Okay, I'm telling them, Ross. Yeah, I don't think this has ever actually made it into an episode. (laughs) Carrie has told you numerous times how to tell a backslash from a forward slash. <laughs> Ross always edits it and out. And we've censored it. So Here's maybe we need to leave that for the end. Remember. So I will tell you. <laughs> I will tell you the big secret it's in a coming. second. It's coming. You can also follow us on Twitter at Ono Podcast. O-H-N-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. M-O-U-S-E. <laughs> Student hat. <laughs> and remember. Okay, so... The forward slash. Sometimes you forget. Well, which way's forward and which way's back? Okay. Imagine that the stick is a little person and his head either falls forward or Mm -hmm. falls back. So forward slash head's falling forward. You'll never forget again. Ta-ta. Hey, we'd like to talk to you about our new podcast on Maximum Fun, Friendly Fire. It's the podcast about action movies and Sylvester Stallone specifically. (laughs) It's it's the show I've always wanted to make. It is not that. It is not that at all. It's a little bit more of a war movie podcast. It's not a little bit more of a war movie podcast. It is explicitly a war movie podcast. We look at them from all sides and put them in a variety of cultural and historical contexts such that anyone is going to enjoy this show. So go grab Friendly Fire every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.